Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Batter Up Podcast, everybody. Uh, the Braves just beat the Marlins 9-5 to in Game 1 of the NLDS. Sorry, I'm kind of like impromptu running point here, Will, because I love the dedication you have <laughs> to hosting this show. It's unbelievable. Uh, but I think you hit a little rough spot there, so we missed some of that. But um, hey, that was kind of fun. It was stressful for a while. <laughs> and, then it, and then it turned into a very fun, what was that, seventh inning? Yeah. And, hit, and then it kind of hit the drags a little bit there at the end. But it's okay if you're, if you're winning by four or five runs. I was about to say, definitely definitely hit a brick wall there towards the end as um, – as as Martin was having some struggles there, and then things kind of drug out towards the end of the game. However, I mean, a, a exciting stuff literally from start to to somewhat of a finish as uh, as the Braves were able to pull out game one. Yeah, it was fun. Um, if anybody has comments, just feel free to leave them here in the on the uh, Facebook page. We'll be happy to read them out and kind of discuss them. But um, let's just get right into the game. You know, Ronald Acuna obviously gets it started. The first inning was so weird, and it was kind of a mirage because Max Fried, first of all, gets off to an absolutely perfect start to the game. I think he threw 11 pitches or something in that first inning. Uh, was just dominant. And then Ronald Acuna hits a leadoff home run, and it all of a sudden seems like the Braves are just like going to cruise in this game. You figure, based on what we've seen, at least most recently from Max Fried, you're like, okay, he got he got the one run he needs. <laughs> he'll yeah. he'll go out there and pitch seven innings. Um, didn't really work out that way uh, either for for Fried or the Braves' offense. Really, it kind of they were in a rut there for a while after that quick leadoff home run and. Uh, they got themselves in some trouble, but you know, I think it was really um, obviously good to see the way the team this the way this team bounced back. But also, uh, it was good to see some of the guys get hits who did go, come through in some big situations. Marcelo Zuna had a really big single to tie the game when it was uh, Braves were, were coming back, and he made it four four. And then uh, we obviously, obviously, uh, Travis Darno hit that big homer, and then. The one I wanted to talk about was Dansby hitting a home run, which yes. I know I know it's going to kind of get brushed by the wayside because it didn't really matter at the end. But I mean, he's a guy that's really been visibly struggling here as of late, and it was just really good to see him, um, you know, get back. Hopefully, that gives him some confidence because it, when he's hot, it can change this lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the broadcast talked about the fact he was one for twelve coming into that at, at bat where he hits a two run shot. Really one of those guys who nice that, that uh, the, I guess the, the moment wasn't necessarily on him and he could just add on some runs. Mm -hmm. I think that was, that was huge there. And then just obviously big for the confidence to, to be able to feel like you can, you know, you can finally swing that bat. 
the the leadoff home run from Acuna, kind of a wild stat that in 2020, Ronald Acuna is now the youngest player to to hit a home run in a leadoff uh, a leadoff home run in a playoff game, which just seems like as many yeah. young players as we've had in the game. It's kind of crazy that that he's the youngest to do that in the playoffs. But uh, a cool feat to kind of check off on his long rap sheet of things that he's he's racking up over his playing days. Yeah, and um, he's just so fun, man. Like the the the, the yes. Instagram picture he put on after the game with the uh, Conor McGregor quote saying he doesn't have to apologize. Nobody, you know, I don't know why he put that quote on there, but I like it. You know, it's 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 really cool to have, or it's really fun to have the coolest player in baseball play for your team. Really, <laughs> it's, it's something yeah. that it, it, uh, you 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 sort of realize that every once in a while when when Ronald Acuna does something fun. Um, and I thought it was really touching something he said post game which was uh, somebody asked him about, you know, him kind of being, he jumped over the railings out of the dugout uh, when Travis Darno hit that home run. And he just said that, you know, he just genuinely enjoys watching his teammates hit and, and, and celebrating the success that they have. And um, that's just such a good quality to have as a, as a baseball player. And he says, and it's like, you know, they're the same for me too. When I'm hitting, I can like kind of feel them um, kind of having fun and, and, wishing the best for me out there. So, um, that's great. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a watcher viewer, uh, Demetrius Etheridge, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Says, um, this is something I wanted to talk about. Cause it's kind of about the strategy of the game. He said, great move by Smith to pull freed in the fourth inning. He was planning for the long run if he needed freed for game five. And that was definitely a, a talking point. Um, afterwards, what do you think about that, Caleb? Yeah. I mean, it was the right move. Obviously you have freed who, I honestly, I'd been waiting for this game. I thought it was going to happen in the Cincinnati series of of him coming off, you know, an injured ankle and kind of a weird start. And so for him to pitch lights out in his start against Cincinnati, then it was almost like all of us who who have seen him this season go 7-0 and and starts to kind of felt like, well, this is just another one. You know, there won't be any problems from Max Freed. And then shocker, yes, there were. He gives up. It's 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 wild. He he gives up a home run, and that's the first home run that he's given up since the two he gave up to the Marlins that kind of ended his regular season. So only giving up home runs to the Marlins is is kind of a, a weird thing and amongst this weird sixty game season. Uh, but it was it was one of those. He didn't completely fall apart, which I think was crucial in that, you know, he didn't have his curveball and he just didn't have his overall best game. But it stayed manageable, obviously, where the Braves could come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess for me, it was just an interesting kind of dilemma that Brian Snicker was in at that point because I wasn't sure if he would uh, kind of want to go to his bullpen so early um, in out of fear of taxing them. Because again, that's going to be such an important point for both these teams, all these teams playing in the playoffs right now because of the way that the schedule is set up where you don't have those natural rest days between games like you normally would. And so you really do have to think about when you throw a guy that's going to have ramifications down the line. And it's something, you know, we were talking about it also um, with even them having a lead. It's like, do you even throw a guy like Mark Melanson in the ninth inning if you have a five-run lead, you know? Like these are legitimate questions to ask. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I think it was the right call because, you again, you do save 
freed, you save his pitch count, you keep him as fresh as possible because we've talked about on the podcast before how much struggles he's had when he's had to pitch on short rest. So maybe you mitigate that to an extent by, by getting him out of there early today. And it's not like it seemed like he was on the brink of turning it around, you know, like it it was just seemed like it was going to be a struggle for him today. So you might as well just get him out of there. And I know Brian Snicker said that they really like the, the, uh, a three man matchup that Darren O'Day had coming in. So I think it was the right move. Well, and, and Darren O'Day looked great. (laughs) You know, I mean, that was one of those, not, not that he's had any true, awful performances this year but I mean way to step up in the moment because you weren't exactly sure you know like you said you didn't want to completely tax this bullpen but it felt like it was it was an option you were you were kind of forced to go to and and I think kudos to Snit for not sending out Freed on another uh you know inning just to test it kind of deal that I that I think in the regular season we might have seen because you know it's one of those like Snit would have said oh we we calmed down and and so you know now that he's calmed down and more relaxed we'll we'll see how far we can push him but understanding you're in a you know game one of the playoffs of a five game series this is a, a pivotal way to start things off of understanding that and you using your bullpen and and honestly I it didn't feel like any of these innings were were very taxing on any of these guys, except maybe for Chris Martin. Yeah, yeah, he had the kind of the one, and it, tough for him. He kind of got babbipped a little bit. You know, he yeah. was getting some some soft liners hit against him. Uh, I thought he was solid. You know, even though he kind of labored in that inning, I thought he actually pitched pretty well. Uh, I got to give a shout out here to Brian Bonner, who says he works for Delta and he's calling in from the break room uh, to give us a shout out. So always respect that. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I want to kind of project forward a little bit. Um, you know, the, I don't, the game itself, I don't know if there's that much to talk about. Like it kind of, it was what it was. It was great to see the Braves kind of break out in that seventh inning, put some big number, a big number up on the board, which they've done against the Marlins. But I think really the series is starting to shape up really well. I thought this game one was going to be so important for the Braves. I mean, obviously game one is important in any kind of five game series that you play in, but especially when you're the Braves and you, you, it feels like game four is like this looming game because you don't yeah. have a starter for it necessarily. I mean, I'm sure they've picked, I'm sure they know whether it's going to be, you or Bryce Wilson, but I would consider neither of them really a starter. Like you're kind of planning to go into that game really depending on your bullpen. And so you really want to be winning the series at that point. If not having already won it, that'd be good too. But realistically, you can't just assume you're going to win every game. So I just thought that this game was just so important for the Braves to have, have as it projects forward through the rest of the series. Well, it's also one of those, you say, with, with Game 4 kind of looming. I personally, and I know this sounds terrible because you, you automatically, you think, well, I wanna, you want to sweep the series, get out of there as quick as possible. I'm honestly not uh, so opposed to having to see that fourth game. I mean, I was one who said I think it was going to take four games, but I thought they might lose this this game one, and it, and it surely kind of jumped out that way. But going into your next series, you have no choice, I, I think, in, in order to see Enoa or Bryce Wilson, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have to be a part if you're yeah. truly going to win a World Series. Yep, for sure. Uh, w- I mean, whether you want to see them 
now or next series that you know it's obviously it's so, it's so weird because the Braves have already won a series and it's still like oh yeah then after this you have the championship series and then you have the world series. like yes. it's, it's so weird we're still so far away <laughs> yeah well that's why that's why I didn't like the the naming of you know wild card because I I guess we had so much gone with that wild card just being that one-off game yeah that that kind of catapults us into the playoffs and that was a true series for everyone now, not just for a couple of teams. So yeah, it, it is taking some time to kind of acclimate with, with this new playoff system and who knows whether they'll actually stick with it uh, moving forward. But, but yeah, I, as far as knowing that game four possibility, I'm almost of the opinion uh, that, you know, we – we're gonna have to see it at some point. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely coming. It's just I'm well, I'm happy to push it off as long as we can. Yeah. So I guess that that'd be kind of the the discussion then slightly of do you want to see it now or are you fine with those guys having this much time off, quote unquote, before having to pitch against either the Dodgers or the Padres? I mean, neither of those. Going going to be an easy series. I did find one thing interesting that just jumped out on the page. Um, the Yimmy Garcia, who who was the the one who gave up the big home run to um, uh, Darno Darno, he hadn't given up a home run all year. Really? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And all of his appearances all season hadn't given up a home run, and I was thinking. Ooh, buddy, poor timing, <laughs> yeah. poor timing for the bottom feeders, for the, you know, the, the Marlins who are, who are this fun loving, you know, team. And, and true enough, this Marlins team that we saw today, I felt just didn't look the same as the team that, that the Braves had seen early on, obviously a, a team that the Braves scored 29 runs on at one point. Um, they, they really were doing all of those, annoying little things that, that we described that, them as annoying earlier. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that you had kind of mentioned them being, they were doing all of those little things and it was working yeah. uh, there, for, there for the longest time. And, and even a couple more times when they, they left runners on base, kind of giving the Braves a bit of a scare. It seemed like Freed was kind of affected by the speed that they have on the base paths. And it just seemed like when they were getting on base, maybe it was because the TV broadcast was kind of making a focus out of it yeah. as well. But I mean, it really did seem like he was throwing over quite a bit and I know he has an effective pickoff move, but yeah, I've just, I've, I've just always seen the Marlins like that. It's like they're, they're a young scrappy athletic team. And sometimes that works their disadvantage in certain situations, but you know, sometimes it keeps them in ball games and just makes them a, a real nuisance and especially in a short series, you never know when that kind of thing can really pay off and help, help kind of boost you. Um, to go back to just the ramifications of the Braves winning this game one, I also think that beyond a game four situation, I really think that for the starting pitchers that the Braves have coming up in these next two games, it sets them up really nicely because you have a guy in Ian Anderson where we know we've talked all about and we, we even kind of, we feel like we kind of knew what he was made of in terms of just like his mental makeup, his composure that he has before he pitched in that playoff game. But he went out there and proved it against the Reds, kind of like the moxie that he has. But I still think, you know, it, it's always helpful to set up a guy like him. And he was set up in the, in the Red series where the series isn't on the line with his start, right? Like, you don't, it's not a must-win game. And I, and I think that it really helps to have a 1-0 lead in the series with him coming up 
And then also for Kyle Wright, who's pitching game three, there's no way that that game can be a series decider as well. So maybe that takes a little bit of the edge off um, of those guys when they have, when they have their outings. But uh, what are you expecting from we, I mean, we've talked a, a bit about Anderson. You can talk about him a little bit, but what are you expecting from those two guys? So I am slightly concerned about Anderson and this next start only based on the fact of the last time that he saw the Marlins, which was kind of one of his little speed bumps, mm. um, you know, gave up uh, three runs in that one. Uh, I believe that was a, a 4-2 loss for the Braves because it, it's interesting that the, the rotations are coming back so that Pablo Lopez, who's going to pitch tomorrow, was also the, the starting pitcher on the opposite side of Ian Anderson uh, back in that last series against the Marlins. Mm. And, and that was, like I said, that was one of those that Ian Anderson kind of stumbled a little bit, uh, gave up a few runs, nothing dramatic or, you know, anything like that. But that was also when the Braves were dealing with some offensive struggles. They kind of had lost their bats a little bit at that point, And so he didn't get much run support. Um, However, on the other side of the mound, as much as, you know, Ian looked really hot in his last start, but so did Max. And so I, I would kind of hope that he wouldn't have the same issues that Max did today and, and would, you know, have a, a obviously a more solid performance. I am, though, more comfortable with who is on the mound for Miami, Pablo Lopez, just in the fact of Lopez was the guy who started out the 29 to nine game. He was, he was, he was the starter that day. He went an inning and two thirds gave up like seven runs. And, you know, so, so Braves fans can have that kind of in the back of their mind that that's a bit of a confidence booster. As you know, you can jump out on this guy early and, and push your way to, to, you know, a pretty, a pretty massive win. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he did not, by the way, pitch in the Marlins series against the Cubs. Uh, or maybe he, did he pitch game one. I'm just looking at game two, which was Sixto Sanchez was the starter. And uh, I don't again, I'm not, sure, so. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he pitched game one in that series. I don't think he would have. But um, this is where it kind of plays into the Braves' advantage a little bit, where the Marlins yeah. and Cubs had that delayed game. So um, maybe it help, helps the Braves a little bit where they were able to kind of or the, so the Marlins was, kind of had to shuffle things up a little bit, I think. Yeah, it was Alcantara, just like it was today for game okay. one, and then Sanchez in yeah. that game two. So I guess they did skip. Lopez. So I guess Sanchez will probably will pitch game will pitch game three against Kyle Wright. Yeah. So yeah, that that should be a really nice pitching matchup, and uh, yeah. uh, I just keep on thinking about the Phillies trade when they traded uh, Sixto Sanchez for JT Real Muto, who's now. No, JT Real Moto never made the playoffs for the Phillies. Well, and I was about to say, isn't uh, wasn't it just announced that he's headed towards Tommy John surgery this week? Oh, is he? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's so just one of those. That's why the, Philly, the Phillies. Yeah, that's why their their GM is out of there. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know if I have anything else to say about the Braves. Honestly, it was just a great great day. I it's fun, kind of funny. I saw on Twitter. Um, uh, Scott Coleman, who does the Talking Chop podcast, who I'm sure people in the comments, people watching or listening to this are w- very well familiar with. But I think he mentioned something uh, during the Red Series. I was uh, kind of went with those stressful games that the Braves were playing at that point. He's like, 
when are we ever going to have like some ho hum nine two game right. that we can all just relax through? Um, now I don't I don't know if this one was fully like relaxing because they didn't you know that that lead appeared in the seventh inning and not like in the second inning, but um, but overall I think it was it was not. It was not the worst. It was not the worst to have to sit through. So I, I think once again, and it was the thing that I harped on this in, entire time before we headed into the series, is it seemed like the the comfort of of knowing who your opponent is kind of played into things. And also, though I mean the one thing we've kind of brushed completely over was the the hit by pitch that really yeah. turned this game around. Yeah. I mean that was it was one that broadcasters they can tell me all they want it wasn't intentional blah 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 but as many times as Ronald Acuna has been hit by the Miami Marlins specifically I think it's like five times now out of the 20 something that he's been hit by uh, different different uh, teams um, it it felt intentional and it also made absolutely no sense for the Marlins <laughs> at the time. I mean, yeah. you're better like you're be, you're honestly you're better off just walking him than you are to hit him because it did the the exact effect that that you would have assumed from a Braves perspective. It fired everybody up. Everybody, you know, I mean, Smith goes out there and does you know, the classic Bobby Cox, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it was one of those, did Snit really have anything to yell about? Not really. He just got to prove, Hey, that's my guy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and you can't, you can't come out here and say, Hey, I'm putting warnings on both sides when their team got a free shot at us, you know? So just you, I loved seeing Snit come out there, stick up for his guy, you know, like that's our manager kind of deal. They did, uh, and it they, worked. Yeah, and they said after the game, the Braves, pretty much everyone to a man who spoke to media said that it fired them up, you know? Exactly. And and <laughs> Acuna, he, I think he, I don't know if he was asked if it was a coincidence, but his his thing was like, well, I've been hit five times now and I'm the guy who gets hit every single time. So I don't think it's yeah. a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, and, and I think teams, I don't think they're, to, to be fair to them, like I don't think that Alcantara is like trying to hit him. I just think that, these Marlins pitchers and a lot, a lot of pitchers, I think, uh, as it seems to be a tactic against Acuna, is to come inside on him. Yeah. And there's just not really a fear that they there will be any kind of ramifications if they do hit him. You know, it's like it's just like walking him. So who really cares? It's not like they're necessarily trying to bean the guy, but but I think Brian Snicker's right, where it's like you can't just even if it isn't intentional like that, there still isn't the proper care being taken by the opposing pitcher to make this as like a safe baseball playing environment. You know, like that's yes. the reason why guys get thrown out is because it's a safety issue and guys just feel free to just pitch as hard as they want inside on Ronald Acuna. And if they hit him, they hit him. But it's like, Oh, well I wasn't trying to, so no big deal. Right. So yeah. it's just kind of like, it's, uh, it's annoying. Well, and, and I saw also something on Twitter too, that I, I was like, if the Marlins drew this conclusion, they're clearly more delusional than I than I even would have thought. That there was there was some consideration that Acuna was pimping after his first home run with his with a like slight bat flip. And I was like, I mean, if if that's any sort of thing, I mean, look at what the Padres are doing right, right now. But also, it like, are we are we not out here having fun playing a game? Whatever, I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those. 
that I don't I don't think to any people who were thinking that that they were throwing out Acuna because of his actions after his home run. I don't think that was it. I do th- think you're right that it was pitching to him inside, but with no ramifications. Otherwise, you're not going to hit a guy in the hip at 97. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, of course, the Braves get warned as part of that whole ordeal, which I'm sure infuriates Snicker because it's not yes. like his team did anything anything wrong in the situation. So it's, it's a, just a stupid situation. <laughs> Sandy Alcantara, by, by the way, said after the game, he said he was, I guess he was asked about Ron Lacuna, like taking a step toward him after he got hit. And he said, if he's ready to fight, I'm ready to go. So he was like, he clearly was like, you know, not totally oblivious to the situation. Like he no. clearly knew well, that there was. And I don't think like uh, Acuna stepping in his general direction, I don't think was a necessarily like I want to fight you kind of deal because I, I if you notice Acuna kind of turned towards the Marlins dugout as giving like a chill out, chill out kind of thing. Like he was essentially like, I just got hit by 97 mile an hour fastball. I'm going to take my time to gather myself, you know, and, and it felt like a very, um, like he was finding his inner Zen, you know, just breathe, you know, kind of <laughs> moment that, uh, that I don't think, yeah, I don't think there was any intentions to overreact, but it was this just overall frustration. And I, you know, obviously the Marlins were, were frustrated that he took so much time and it's, yeah. So it's, come on, like, Sandy. Don't yeah. don't tell me you were you were ready to fight. You were not. <laughs> I think it was the perfect reaction from Acuna, though. I think, the, yes. like to your point, just like you know, the energy was up, but he was still kind of in control of the situation. I felt never got like overheated or anything. Never got kind of thrown off. So, yeah. um, you got anything else about this game? No, I'm I'm feeling good going into game two. Just hoping uh, hoping the vibe doesn't get ruined. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, let's keep this thing going as long as we can. Uh, we'll be back here on Facebook to talk about it. We'll be on Facebook Live after every game of this postseason, um, including all of this division series this week. So uh, subscribe to the Facebook page. Is that what you do? I don't know. I don't really use Facebook. <laughs> Yes. Um, Come on, Joe. You could follow uh, Caleb on Twitter. Is it ATL Johnson 18? That's me. Nailed it. And I'm JA Patrick 200. And obviously, 929 the game uh, on Twitter. So, um, and follow Batter Up Podcast. Subscribe to the Batter Up Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, again tomorrow. Yep. Willie, uh, Willie P should be back with us too, not driving in a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apologies for anybody who uh, saw that. I, I, I feel bad because like he had done all this prep to try to get it himself so ready. Good. I know, I know. And then he, it was working fine too before uh, when we were like in the Zoom call before we actually yeah. went live. There must be some sort of additional um, internet connectivity or something that you need yeah. at that point. But uh, We'll get him back. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. No doubt. So, all right. We will talk to you guys next time. Uh, Take care, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 